may be seated. I want to thank everybody for your prayers and um, for your encouragement as I was recovering from having my appendix uh, removed. Uh, thank you so much for that. And it's amazing how quickly I did recover. And uh, they didn't even give me any stitches. Uh, unbelievable. They just put two little incisions into my stomach and took it out and I was feeling good pretty quick. So I want to thank you uh, for just for your support and, um, and for your prayers during that time. And uh, today we're going to go to John chapter 10. John, John chapter 10, if you'd like to open there in your Bibles. And uh, we'll be reading John chapter 10, 11 through 18 today. Here Jesus is speaking, and Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay my life and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. There will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you and we praise you that you are the Good Shepherd. You are the Good Shepherd who protects us. And we thank you, Lord, that you have laid your life down for us. And we thank you, Lord, that you rose victorious from the dead for our salvation. And Lord, in this world where there are many false shepherds, where there are many false messages, and where the enemy of our souls seeks to destroy us, Lord, help us to hear your voice. And Lord, remind us that you are the good shepherd to us in this life, no matter what we face. So Lord, I pray for those who are here today, whatever they may be facing, whatever the difficulties are, whatever the struggles are, whatever the heartaches are, whatever the pain is, I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would come this morning to know you as the Good Shepherd. Amen. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus says in our Gospel lesson, he says it to us today, he says, I am the Good Shepherd. He is your Good Shepherd. He says the Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. People are like sheep, and sheep need a shepherd. Uh, sheep need somebody to lead them to nourishment, to water, to protection, and without a shepherd, the sheep are destroyed. If sheep do not have a shepherd, if they do not have somebody over them to protect them, the losses are great. 
I've never raised sheep before, but a few members from my congregation in New York, they did raise sheep or they had uh, raised sheep and, um, and they would talk about sheep. They said they're actually not that dumb, they're pretty smart. Uh, but they also said that sheep are followers. They are followers. Instinctively, they follow. And one of our members put a pony into the sheep pen, and the sheep would follow the pony wherever it went. And when the pony was taken out of the pen, they didn't know what to do. Sheep are followers. They are followers. People are like sheep. And we too, we need a shepherd, but not just any shepherd. We need the good shepherd. We need the shepherd who laid his life down upon the cross for us and for our salvation. Uh, Not false shepherds who will lead the sheep astray. I hope today, I hope this morning that you know that, that Jesus Christ is your good shepherd. That he loves you and that he laid his life down for you only to take it up again to rise victorious for you. So Jesus is the good shepherd. May we be moved by his grace. May we be moved by his grace to follow him. We need the good shepherd because of two things. So I have two points for you today if you'd like to write them down. Number one, we need the good shepherd because of false shepherds. Because of false shepherds. And the topic of false shepherds really is the contextual setting of this passage. To understand why Jesus is saying what he's saying in John chapter 10... We need to go back to John chapter 9 and we need to understand what happened in the ninth chapter of John's gospel. If you turn back in your Bible to John chapter 9, there you will read the account of Jesus healing a blind man, a man who had been blind from birth. After Jesus healed the blind man, the religious leaders, the so-called shepherds, the shepherds, those who were given responsibility for the well-being of the people, the religious leaders of Jesus' day, after he did this healing, actually condemned the blind man. They condemned him and they kicked him out of the synagogue, that place where people were to be taught the word of God and to be cared for. Can you imagine a person in deep physical, emotional, and uh, spiritual uh, need being ostracized by the very community that God had created for the healing and for the care of people? So Jesus comes with this account of him being the good shepherd setting up this contrast between the religious leaders of his day who really didn't care about the people and and him, Jesus, our Savior, the Good Shepherd, the one who is willing to lay his life down for the sheep. I need Jesus. You need Jesus. We all need Jesus because of the damage that can be done due to the word and the message of false teachers and preachers, false shepherds that are out there. It's no different today. Reading John chapter 9 and John chapter 10, our world really hasn't changed. You see, God has always raised up shepherds, and the shepherds whom God has raised up are there to give compassionate care 
for troubled souls. That's the purpose of a shepherd. And I've heard uh, people describe the office of pastor as, as being the cure of souls. And Jesus is the ultimate pastor. He's the ultimate shepherd who is here to cure your soul. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, whatever's troubling you. God has always raised up shepherds to care. And the religious leaders of Jesus' day demonstrated a lack of care and concern for the sheep of Israel. The religious leaders said, without saying, we only care about our man-made rules. We only care about our systems, the, the systems that we have set up. That's all we care about. And if you don't fit into this system that we have set up, then you're out. Ostracized. We want to have nothing to do with you. If you don't fit into our way of doing things, that's it. You're cut off. If Jesus took dirt, spit in it, made mud out of it, and applied it to your eye on the Sabbath day, that's it. You're finished. False shepherds have no concern for the sheep. That's why we need the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. False shepherds are only concerned about their systems, their institutions, and their power. Power. That's what it really comes down to, isn't it? Jesus was demonstrating power as true God in, in human flesh. He opened the eyes of a man who had been blind from birth. The religious leaders saw his power and they were threatened by it. Jeremiah and Ezekiel prophesied against the false shepherds of Israel in the Old Testament. So the religious leaders, they should have known. They should have known what, what the prophets had said about false shepherds. Look at Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 1 through 10 in your Bibles. And I hope you brought your Bibles today. Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 1 through 10. There Ezekiel is prophesying, and he said, The word of the Lord, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds. Thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak have, no, have not been strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness, you have ruled them. So they are scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth. 
with none to search or to seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts, since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep, therefore you shepherds hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, and they may not be food for them. False shepherds of Ezekiel's day, false shepherds in Jesus' time, are there false shepherds today? Are there false shepherds today? Are there those who, through their words and deeds, cause the sheep of the fold to be scattered? Who do more harm than good? Is there false doctrine and actions that spew from their lives? What about what comes out of the shepherd's mouth? Does it matter? Can the words of the shepherd lead the street, the, the sheep astray? Can the words of the shepherd lead the sheep to destruction? Can the words of the preacher cause more harm than good for the lost sheep of the fold? You see, it doesn't matter how sincere, persuasive, or charming the words of the shepherd are. What matters most is the content of their ministry. What is the content of their ministry? What is the test? How do we know? How do we determine if a shepherd is false or true and good? Here's the key. Listen to the word of the Lord. Listen to the word of the Lord. Ezekiel reminded the people of that. Listen to the word of the Lord. Because the word of the Lord is the voice of the good shepherd. The word of the Lord is the voice of your good shepherd who loves you and has laid his life down for you. False shepherds are everywhere. They're teaching from pulpits. They're teaching in schools. Their message is embedded. It's, it's hidden in messages that sound so good and so right. Turn on the radio, log on to the internet, watch popular shows and pictures, and contained within each is a message. But is the message the word of the Lord? Is the message the word of the Lord? The question is this. Is the message in agreement with the word of God? Everything we hear must be judged in accordance with the word of the Lord. And if a message is not in agreement with God's word, then we know the message is from a false shepherd. And the false shepherd will lead us to destruction. And these messages, they sound so good. They sound so good. They sound so right, and they even sound pure to us. At one time, people were trained to identify counterfeit money, counterfeit federal notes, by 
And how do they do this? Well, they studied the real thing. In order to spot a fake, in order to spot a counterfeit, they would study the real thing. So they would sit in rooms with 20s or 50s or 100s, and there they would study these, these federal notes. They would study these, these, these uh, uh, bills. And by, and by recognizing and understanding what the real thing looked like, when, when a fake would pass by them, when a counterfeit bill would, would, would come, uh, come to them, they would immediately be able to spot it because they knew what the real thing looked like. And isn't this true with God's word? If we know God's word... If we know what he has said, immediately when a counterfeit teaching from a false shepherd comes, immediately we'll be able to recognize that this is not the word of the Lord, that this is the message of a false shepherd. It's my prayer for this congregation. It's my prayer for each and every one of you that you would desire to know the good shepherd, that you would have a desire within you to be, to be led by him through life. I pray that you know the good shepherd. I pray that you know him. So I ask this question, are you getting to know your Bible? You know your Bible because by knowing the scriptures, you know the voice of the Good Shepherd. You're able to discern truth from error. I think one of the most basic things that a church can teach is this. How do you read your Bible? How do you read your Bible? And it's something that we, that we wonder, do we really need a class on how to read your Bible? I think we do. Because when you learn to read your Bible, you're developing an ear to hear the Good Shepherd, but more than that, you are led and moved by the Good Shepherd throughout life because His Word is powerful, it is active, it is, it is something that actually changes us. But the Bible can be such an imitating book, right? How many of you looked at the Bible before and said, this is a, this is a big book. You want me to read that, Pastor? I haven't, I haven't read a book in years, and you're telling me you want me to read the Bible? Yeah. Read the Bible. What an insurmountable prospect that is for so many people. I've heard people say this, I, I read, and it goes in one ear, and it goes out the other, and now you want me to read the Bible? Are you crazy, Pastor? I've had these conversations with people before, believe it or not. And I can understand this. If you're like the average person, you probably don't read books very often. And unless you're of, of one of a very small percentage of people, you probably haven't read a book this year or maybe even four years. And now I'm telling you to read a book, and the book is the Bible? Yeah. Let's be a people who open this book and read this book. So let me give you something practical today to take with you. How to read your Bible so that you can hear the voice of the Good Shepherd and so that you can distinguish and begin to distinguish truth from error. 
The first uh, bit of advice I have for you is this. Get a devotional book. Get a devotional book. A daily devotional. We have uh, these ones in our church foyer. They're called Our Daily Bread. How many of you have ever used these before and found them to be a blessing in Bible reading? Many of you here have. Get something like this. Just as simple as this. You don't have to start out with anything complicated or big. Just a daily devotional like that. Another thing, this really helped me when I began to read the Bible. Not only to get a daily devotional, whatever one works for you, um, but also to get an English dictionary. Sometimes you, you read through the Bible and, and you come across words that you really don't understand. Have you ever had that experience before? Reading the Bible, you come across a word, I don't understand it. It's amazing, the, the English dictionary will actually define very accurately for you even theological terms and Bible words that we don't use uh, on a regular basis. So two helpful things, a daily devotional, an English dictionary, and these things have helped me, and they did help me when I started reading the Bible. So an English translation of the Bible... And I was amazed as a pastor in New York how many people didn't really have a Bible that they could read. Maybe they were given an English translation when they were in Sunday school back in 1948. And what translation do you think that was? It's probably the King James Version and that's written in, in a language that we really, it's a, a form of English that we no longer speak today. So find a, an English translation of the Bible that's, that's easy for you to read. The NIV, New International Version, the ESV, or English Standard Version, or if you love the King James Version, read the King James Version because it's still a good translation of the Bible. So an English translation of the Bible, an English dictionary, and a daily devotional are three tools that can help you begin to read God's Word on a regular basis. How do you start reading the Bible? Start with prayer. Start with prayer. Ask your good shepherd to lead you, to guide you, and to direct you through the reading of the Bible for that day. Ask that he would open your eyes and your heart and your mind to the truths of what you read. You see, Bible reading isn't just an intellectual pursuit. It's developing a relationship with your good shepherd, Jesus Christ, the one who loves you. So start with prayer. Simply say, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would open my heart and my mind to what I'm reading today. And then read the Bible passages from your Bible. And in the daily bread, there are a number of passages that are listed for you to read. Read those passages. And here's a, a key. When you read the Bible... Whatever passage it is, don't feel bad if you don't understand everything you're reading. A lot of times we, we begin reading and then we, we don't understand what we're reading so we give up and then we never go back to it again. So when you read the Bible, don't feel bad if you don't understand everything you're reading. None of us have a complete grasp on the content of the Bible. We're all learning. Each and every one of us, even me as a pastor, I am a student of the scriptures. I'm still learning. There are still things that I need to, to come to understand. So we're really all in the same boat. We're all learning, right? 
So don't feel bad if you don't understand everything you're reading, because none of us have a complete grasp on it. Reading it is the important thing. And as you read, continue to pray. Pray that Jesus would be your teacher. Say, Lord, I pray that you would give me understanding to read your word. When you read a verse and when you grasp what it's saying and it impacts you, highlight it, underline it. And say, Lord, thank you for this promise. Thank you for this truth. Help me to stand upon this because this is the voice of my good shepherd. This is what my shepherd is leading me into today. So you underline it and you stand upon it and you can meditate on it throughout the day. Pray that it would become more real to you. If it's something that convicts you of sin, then say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me and believe that if we confess our sins, that he's faithful and just to forgive us and to purify us from all unrighteousness. Sometimes when you read the Bible, you'll be convicted, and that's, that's not a bad thing. So read your Bible. Interact with your good shepherd as you read it. And then read the devotional material, whatever it may be. Sometimes that little message will give you a little sermon, and that little sermon will help you throughout your day, and that'll be a blessing to you. I'm telling you this because this is how you develop an ear to recognize the voice of your good shepherd, so that when the voices of false shepherds are speaking into your life, you will know that they are leading you astray, so that your life will be built upon the foundation of God's word so that you will truly be led by the shepherd who is so good and loves you so much. What a gift we have from God and that we have the word of the Lord. We need the voice of the good shepherd. First of all, because of false shepherds. And then number two, the second point, we need the voice of the good shepherd because of spiritual dangers. And this really goes without saying. Where there are false shepherds, there is danger to our spiritual lives and really even to our emotional and physical lives. But spiritual dangers. Here we get into the reality of the wolf. Satan. Satan and his deception within our world. I hold to a very biblical understanding of, of spiritual realities. And of what people are facing on a daily basis, it really truly is a spiritual battle, spiritual in nature. Within uh, our Western rationalism, there's been an attempt to remove a biblical understanding of satanic influences from our worldview. We need to understand that we need the Good Shepherd because of the spiritual dangers that we face, that we face every day. And there's a book that I recommend for a better understanding into the spiritual warfare and into demonic possession and exorcism. It's a great book. The title of the book is this, I Am Not Afraid. I Am Not Afraid. And that book is by Lutheran Church Missouri Synod Pastor Robert 
Bennett. Here's the reality, church. There are many spiritual dangers in our world. and We must have the protection of the Good Shepherd every day. Look in your Bibles at John chapter 10, verse 10. This actually comes immediately before our gospel reading for today. John chapter 10, verse 10. There Jesus says, the thief, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. False shepherds find their influence from the evil one. And their message is from the one who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And it's hard. It's difficult for us. Because their message is so enticing and it sounds so good. And it's even interlaced with with good calls for social justice, for love and respect. But it's void of the truth of Jesus Christ and the power of the gospel for salvation and eternal life. Michael Horton wrote in his book, Christless Christianity, he writes, What would things look like if Satan really took control of a city? Imagine, what if Satan took control uh, uh, of an entire city within North America? What would it look like? Well, over half a century ago, Presbyterian minister Donald Gray Barnhouse offered his own scenario in his weekly sermon that was also broadcast nationwide on CBS radio. Barnhouse speculated that if Satan took over Philadelphia, this is going to sound very strange to you, if Satan took over Philadelphia, all the bars would be closed, pornography banished, and pristine streets would be filled with tidy pedestrians who smiled at each other. There would be no swearing. The children would say, yes, sir, and no, ma'am. And the churches would be full every Sunday where Christ is not proclaimed. Did you get that? Where Christ is not proclaimed where people are led astray, led away from the Good Shepherd because they're trusting in their own morality and goodness for daily life. Often, Satan will lure us in with moralistic teachings. It doesn't matter how moral the teaching is. What really matters is this. Does the teaching ultimately lead us to Jesus Christ Does it lead us to the Good Shepherd? Does it cause us to become followers of the Good Shepherd in our daily lives? We need the voice of the Good Shepherd because only the Good Shepherd has salvation. Only the Good Shepherd can give life everlasting. Did you know that our Good Shepherd has done everything necessary for your, for your eternal protection today and for eternity? He is the one who protects us from all evil, even the evil one. Look at our gospel lesson today. Jesus said, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters the sheep. And here we have the imagery of false shepherds who flee. They flee when the going gets tough. And the imagery of Satan, the wolf who destroys. But notice what Jesus does for his flock. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus says this again in verse 15. I lay down my life for the sheep. Again in verse 17. I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. And I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Jesus is your good shepherd. He is your good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd of this congregation. Jesus is the good shepherd of this community. Jesus is the good shepherd of this world. He is the one who laid his life down for the salvation of the world. He is the good shepherd. Jesus loves you. He loves you. You may say, I'm, I, I don't deserve love. I don't deserve love, but, but Jesus says, I do love you. I love you. He says, I lay my life down for you. I was resurrected for you. It's all for you and for your salvation so that you can be forgiven, so that you can enter into a relationship with me and you can be led by me through life. Jesus loves you. This world is tough. It's hard. Each and every one of you, you have your own story of pain and heartache and difficulty. It's tough. And there are false shepherds. There are false messages. There is an enemy of our souls. We're continually tempted and lured by his evil devices. How can we make it through this life? I only have one answer. One answer, Jesus, Jesus. And that's why I'm here. I'm here to proclaim one thing, and that is Jesus. Believe in him, trust in him, and find in him a good shepherd who loves you so much that he laid his life down for you. Repent, repent. It's the call of the good shepherd today. That was his message, to repent, turn from false messages, turn from false ideas and ways of living, repent, and believe the good news. Believe the good news. Don't harden your hearts. Don't harden your hearts as the religious leaders of Jesus' day did. Repent and believe this good news. The good news of the good shepherd who has laid his life down for you and for your salvation and your protection and your nourishment. Believe the good news of the good shepherd who has destroyed the works of the devil 
and has overcome him and his schemes by the victory of the cross and in his resurrection. Believe these things today and find in Jesus your good shepherd. May you find in his word through the gift of Bible reading every day through personal devotions the continual care and nourishment of your good shepherd. Care that comes from him moment by moment through the ups and the downs of this life. We have a good shepherd who loves us. And today I invite you to stand. Please stand where you're at. And with one voice, in prayer, with faith, Let us recite together Psalm 23, and may we declare this psalm with faith, knowing that Jesus is our good shepherd. May this be a declaration against the enemy of our souls today. Psalm 23, we'll do this in the King James Version. Together, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.